Hello, Hawks fans, and welcome to another episode of the KettleCast with your host, Forrest Willoughby. On this episode of the cast, we'll be talking about the Hawks' 104-126 loss to the Philadelphia 76ers. The Hawks fall again in Philadelphia, despite getting Trey Young back. The Hawks get dominated in the paint as Dwight Howard comes off the bench and has a massive double-double as Philadelphia runs away with another win. Without further ado, let's get into it. The Hawks moved to 34-30 and 30 on the season, and it's a tough loss again in Philadelphia as the Hawks were unable to overcome the huge disparity in the paint as the Hawks were outscored 68-42 to 42 in the paint, and a lot of that was Dwight Howard, Joel Embiid, and really, after Clint Capella got into foul trouble in the second quarter, the 76ers were able to pour it on and ultimately run away with this game, that second quarter being one of the most decisive parts of the game where the Hawks were outscored 20 to 42 without their man in the middle. Oneka Kongu was a little undersized. John Collins couldn't do anything about Joel Embiid and the Hawks just really did not have an answer for the 76ers size. On the positive note, the Hawks got Trey Young back. They got Tony Snell back. And so they were only missing Bogdanovich, Kevin Herter, DeAndre Hunter, and Cam Reddish. Kevin Herter and Bogdan are both questionable, and so they're day-to-day. We'll see if they play against the Bulls. Hawks will have their second night of the back-to-back, but you could definitely tell the Hawks' lack of size against the 76ers, where it's even more exaggerated just because of how big of a team the 76ers are. The 76ers got a really good performance from their big three, and Bede had 18 points, Harris had 18, and Simmons had 18, and the Hawks tried to change things up a little defensively on Ben Simmons. Instead of having John Collins be the primary defender, they switched over to Solomon Hill. And really, this is an area where, uh, again, especially highlighted without Bogdanovich and Kevin Herter, the Hawks need DeAndre Hunter to come back, you know, Cam Reddish as well. But to be able to throw one of those young wings on Ben Simmons and give him a little more size to deal with, Simmons was really able to get into the paint and be part of that huge scoring deficit in the paint for the 76ers again the good news for the Hawks is they got Trey Young back and he looked to be in fine form he only played 28 minutes but he had 32 points four assists in those 28 minutes unfortunately he added four turnovers to those uh four assists and I thought he was just a little out of sync Trey's missed four games for the Hawks and so it should you know take him a little while to get back in but he had a couple of big turnovers when he was trying to find John Collins or making passes cross court when Matisse, uh, Matisse Seibel was on the defensive on the defense for the 76ers and Tybel, who really kind of dominated the Hawks from a defensive standpoint, intercepted um, Trey's pass. He, Trey was not the only one who had his pass intercepted by uh, Matisse Tybel. He Tybel also had a nice interception on an alley oop attempt. Um, and the Hawks were just not really able to get anything going outside of that first quarter. The Hawks would ultimately not ever really challenge to get back in the game. In the fourth quarter, they were able to kind of crunch their way back to be within 15, but by that point, Nate McMillan had sort of pulled the flag for all of the starters and was just letting the second unit, again, the Hawks didn't have everybody active, so it's not much of a second unit, um, let them play out the fourth quarter. And it was good to see some extended time for some of these guys. Skylar Mays has gotten a couple of minutes at the end of these both of these Philadelphia games. 
Uh, Nathan Knight's gotten to go in. But these games against Philadelphia definitely highlighted the difference in competition level with playoff teams versus non-playoff teams. And the Hawks are not going to be able to compete unless they have everybody available to them. Um, Clint Capella played 17 minutes. He was really hurt by foul trouble. He was 5'11 from the field, 1 of 3 on his free throws for 11 points. He did have 15 rebounds in those 17 minutes. Six of them were offensive, and again, those three fouls really hampered the Swiss bank. He was just not able to stay on the court without fouling, and I thought the 76ers really did a nice job of going at uh, Clint Capella. It seemed like they knew that the key to the Hawks' defense was uh, their big center, and Embiid was making it a priority to get into the paint. And then once Clint Capella was out of the game, Embiid just kind of had his way with whoever was down there, whether it was John Collins or Aneka Kongwu. It's hard to, John Collins just doesn't have the physical size. He was trying really hard against uh, Embiid, and John did not get any help from the refs as, as far as calling offensive fouls on Embiid. Um, and then Okongwu got a rough lesson in welcome to the NBA by going against Embiid and also Dwight Howard, who came off the bench and had a really nice game for the 76ers. He had 19 points, 11 rebounds, and he was controlling the paint just as as effectively as Embiid was. There were a couple of times where Howard got deep position in the paint, got the ball, and Okongwu tried to just keep Howard from getting the ball even up on the backboard. And Howard, to his credit, finished through the full wrap-up, was able to hit a bunch of and-ones, and he really took the Hawks out of it. The Hawks had been playing a fine game for about the first one-and-a-half quarters of this game, but the second unit of the 76ers was not only able to kind of hold on and uh, cut into the Hawks' lead after they had built a 21-8 to lead in the first quarter, but actually make a lead for the 76ers and one where they wouldn't relinquish it. Um, John Collins, solid game. I, I think the Hawks could go to him a little bit more, but he was 4 of 11 from the field, 2 of 6 on three-pointers, made his only free throw, which is the big and one. It's rare that John Collins is able to get those calls. Uh, he had 11 points. He also was not that big of a factor on the boards. He had four rebounds, an assist, and he only had two fouls and two blocks. John was effective on the defensive side of the ball. Um, but again, the starters for the Hawks, besides Solomon Hill, who kind of was playing in what I would expect means that the Hawks at least will get Kevin Herter or Bogdan Bogdanovich back. Beyond him, who he saw, Hill played 35 minutes. None of the other Hawks starters played more than 28, and the 28 for Trey was kind of just to get him to get back into rhythm. And he did hit a couple threes in the third quarter uh, to kind of get the Hawks maybe out of the being down 20-point range to maybe be a little bit friskier, cut this thing down to 15. But the Hawks went a lot to their second unit. I thought in particular having to play Lou Williams and Brandon Goodwin, two small guards against this really big 76ers uh, lineup is just tough. And the Hawks just weren't able to figure out a combination of lineups that was able to get stops and also score on offense. It's been really good to see Chris Dunn continue to play out there, but he continues to be a non-factor on the offensive side of the ball. Again, in true Chris Dunn fashion, he got into a little scrap with Shake Milton again, and both got technicals. Um, but the Hawks haven't been able to find a good mix of, you know, combining Gallinari, uh, Aneka Kongwu, Chris Dunn, uh, Lou Williams off the bench where they can get enough stops and get enough offense going to keep what the starters are doing 
um, on the court. I think one thing that kind of just shows how this game was was the only Hawks player uh, from the starters and backups who played a ton of minutes who was in the positive and the plus minus is Clint Capella. Clint Capella was plus five. Um, no other Hawk who played over 10 minutes was anywhere close to that. The cl next closest person was um, Tony Snell at minus six. Tony Snell was in there doing Tony Snell things. He was two of five, two of four from three-point land, six points, um, had three assists, four rebounds. Um, it's good to see he and him in there. He was in the starting lineup. He gives them some size. Um, and, you know, a problem that the Hawks are going to start having is with these guys coming back and being healthy, that there are going to be guys on some nights who don't get playing time. And I think Solomon Hill probably would be like, oh, thank God, I'm getting a little too old for this. But there are going to be nights when, you know, there's guys on the bench, whether that be Lou Williams, Chris Dunn, who are just not going to ha have minutes as part of the rotation. Um, I'm sure Nate McMillan said we'll, would say that, that we will take that problem over what we're doing right now, especially missing four wings. I mean, Bogdan Bogdanovich, who had been balling, shot, he made 66 threes in the month of April. Uh, Kevin Herter, who had been really coming on and kind of playing some of his best basketball when he gets his arm sprained, shoulder sprained. Then DeAndre Hunter starts the season off with a bang and is unable to stay healthy. And then finally, Cam Reddish, who, you know, at the very minimum is great on the defensive end and is trying to keep, get consistent on the offensive end. That's four wings right there. Four, I would say, you know, Cam maybe average NBA wing, but the other three are all above average wings and the Hawks have none of them. So really brutal luck going into this Philadelphia team that is trying to push for the first number one seed in the East. Um, you know, the Hawks had back-to-back -back games in Philadelphia. This is a three-game losing streak now, and uh, the Hawks are going to have to turn it around against the Chicago Bulls. This game against the Bulls becomes that much more important because the Hawks, they just need to get into the playoffs, and they need to stay out of that play-in game, the play-in tournament. If the Hawks are able to stay in the top six, they will not have to play in that play-in tournament, and that buys the team five days off, get get some rest, let Nate McMillan have some coaching time. Um, but it is imperative, in my opinion, for the Hawks to get in either six in the sixth seed or above, and we'll see if the Hawks are able to do that. But really tough loss in Philadelphia. The Sixers were able to take the first punch from the Hawks, and it was really good to see Trey come in, really be able to push the offense and get the Hawks some easy looks early on. But the Hawks were just not able to sustain that. And then the Philadelphia just punished them in the glass, on in the paint, and um, did not let the Hawks get going. This is another game, too, that just shows how valuable Clint Capella is. I would have liked uh, Nate McMillan to trust his center, and even with those three fouls, see how long he could go because it just became a, a non-game as soon as Clint Capella left at the end of the second quarter. Um, Joel Embiid and the rest of the starters for the 76ers had an easy job getting in the paint. And once Ben Simmons, who is just a tough matchup for the Hawks if they don't have any of their wing defenders, um, was able to get in the paint and really take control. Um, off the bench, I talked about how Dwight Howard had 19 and 11. They also got a nice shooting night from Furkan Korkmaz, who had 11 points. Shake Milton had 13, and then Tybal added 10 to that. But the 76ers, again, had seven players in double digits. And 
the Hawks just, you know, they got a good Danilo Gallinari night. I will say Gallinari, after having a really rough shooting night on Wednesday, was able to get his groove going. But the Hawks just didn't have enough down low, and it cost them. But the Hawks go in. They're now at home. They have eight of their next nine games at home. Um, and it'll be fun to watch this team down the stretch. They sh theoretically should be getting healthier. We'll see. Both Herter and Bogdanovich are questionable going into the game against Chicago. And this game against Chicago has a big-time meaning for the Hawks. You get home. Second night of a back-to-back, -back, the Bulls are also coming off a back-to-back. -back. So get a win here and really start off this big stretch at home with a win and start another winning streak. One thing, again, I will keep echoing on, Nate McMillan does not let his teams uh, lose a bunch of back-to-back -back games. So I would expect the Hawks to come out and really stick it to the Bulls. But uh, until they do that, they got some work to do, and hopefully we'll get some more reinforcements here at State Farm Arena. Go Hawks! Thank you for catching this episode of the KettleCast. You can reach me at kettlecast at gmail.com. Go Hawks!